This message was presented at the GYC 2013 conference, Before Man and Angels, in Orlando, Florida. For other resources like this, visit us online at www.gycweb.org. All right, now, it's, it is very, it's extremely difficult for me to stand still and preach the Word of God. <laughs> So I need, you to, I, need you, I need you to work with me. I'm going to try my best, uh, but we're going to get started. I think I talk loud enough, but they want me to speak into this mic, and so I'm going to try to be obedient to uh, what they have asked me to do, okay? So look, I know we just prayed, but I want to pray one more time, and uh, then we're going to get into our presentation. Father in heaven, we just thank you so much for this opportunity we have to study your word. I pray and ask for wisdom. I pray for guidance, Lord. I pray for the presence and power of your Holy Spirit to be with us, Lord, as we learn today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, as, as was mentioned, we're going to talk about the great controversy, and we're going to do it from the perspective of someone who may not have, uh, or you may be new, or this, this, this topic is not that much familiar to you, so we're going to share with you guys based on, on that perspective, all right? And the title of our presentation is The Great Controversy and the Neophyte. Okay, now, we're going to use Matthew chapter 13, Matthew chapter 13, verse 24 through 30 as our primary text, okay? Now, because this is a parable, uh, we, and we want to be good Bible students, uh, parables usually have uh, one, are usually uh, given to, 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 to illustrate or to teach one specific truth, Okay, and so there are certain uh, uh, rules that are to govern how we treat a parable. All right, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna share briefly uh, the primary truth of this parable, but we're gonna use it also uh, to to be able to give us a broader perspective of the great controversy. All right, and so the parable is taken in from uh, Matthew chapter 13, verse 24 through 30. All right, Matthew 13, verse 24 through 30. If you have your Bible or if you want to look at it on the screen, uh, it's up here. Matthew chapter 13, verse 24 through 30. And the Bible says, Jesus is speaking here, and he says, Another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sold what? Good seed. Okay, all right. Now, we just I need to pause right here, okay? We are studying the word of God together. Amen. All right, you sound, I know it's early in the morning. I need you to wake up. I need you to be with me, okay? Uh, when, we, when it comes to the Word of God, I think we ought to be more excited about that than it comes to a football game or a basketball game or a television show or anything else. So I need you to read with me, okay? Are we together? Say amen. amen. That, ooh, there we go right there. There we go right there, all right? So we're going to read together, all right? I'm like, I may call some words out. I'm just trying to share with you my teaching style so we can be on the same page. So the Bible says, another parable he put forth to them, saying the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed what? Good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also what? The tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servant said to him, Do you want us then to go and gather them up? But he said, No, lest while you, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. 
The Bible says in verse 30, let both grow together until the harvest. And at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. All right. So uh, that's the parable. Now we're going to we're going to look at this parable. We're going to ask a basic, basic question. All right. And that question is this. <clears throat> we're going to deal with just this one particular verse. All right. The parable says, well, the first verse says another parable he put forth to them saying the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. So a very basic question, very basic, basic question. What does the verse say? That one verse, what does it say? Should I put it back up there? What does it say? What are the elements in the passage? You can talk back to me. You have sowing. What else you have? You have the kingdom of heaven. You have what else? One more time. A man. What else? What is the man doing? He's sowing. All right. And where is he sowing? In his field, okay? So, so it, simply put, verse 24 highlights the fact that there's a man who sowed good seeds, where? In his field, okay? So now, let's, let's, give a, a, let's get an explanation of this. And, this, and Jesus explains this parable uh, in Matthew chapter 13, verse 37 to, through 38, all right? So the man represents who? The son of man, rep uh, the man represents Jesus Christ, or the son of man, uh, as, he, as he says, and he does, he sows, all right, and the good seed represents the sons of the kingdom, okay? Those people of God, the people of God, the faithful people of God, and the, uh, his field represents what, everybody? Represents what? The world, okay? His field represents the world. Now, as we look at this from the perspective of the great controversy, all right, I want you to get this right here. God, through his son, Jesus Christ, and by his spirit, sold or created good things in his field, the universe. If you're with me, say amen. All right. So God, 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 you know, looking at this from the great controversy perspective, God sold good things in his field. I am going to be very, I hope, I hope they don't get mad at me, but I, I, I'm just, I cannot stand behind this desk. Any longer, it's killing me. All right, so I'm just gonna talk as loud as I can. All right, yeah, I hear you. All right, one. So, I gotta be comfortable when I'm teaching, guys. Or you're not gonna get it. Where's my, uh, here we go. All right, let's go to work. Okay, so God through, his, God through his son Jesus Christ and by his spirit sold or created good things in his field, the universe. All right, so now we want to look at specifically what good things did God create? What are some of the good things that God created? First thing that we know, uh, first thing that God created uh, is he created worlds. He created worlds. 
And there's a, there's a, a quotation that I want to read to you uh, found in... Uh, found in into the fact that God created not just the worlds that we know, but God created, God created several, uh, several worlds. This is found in the book Adventist Home, page 543. Listen to what uh, the servant of the Lord says. She says here, she says that the Lord has given me a view of other worlds. Wings were given me, and an angel attended me from the city to a place that was bright and glorious. The grass of the place was living green, and the birds were, were and the birds there warbled a sweet song. The inhabitants, the inhabitants of the place were of all sizes. They were noble, majestic, and lovely. They bore the express image of Jesus, and their countenances beamed with holy joy, expressive of the freedom and happiness of the place. I asked one of them why they were why they were so much more lovely than those on earth, the reply was, we have lived in strict obedience to the commandments of God and have not fallen by disobedience like those on the earth. I begged of my attending angel to let me remain in that place. I could not bear the thought of coming back to this dark world again. Then the angel said, you must go back, and if you are faithful, you, with the 144,000, shall have the privilege of visiting all the worlds and viewing the handiwork of God. So God, in his creation, he created a lot of good things, and some of those good things include different worlds that God has created. The Bible says, uh, teaches us uh, that the heavens declare the glory of God. So God created the worlds, and these worlds have galaxies. God also created angels. The Bible says uh, in, in, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 and 17, that, that, that Jesus Christ created everything, angels, principalities, all these things God uh, created. Uh, of course, he created planet Earth in the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth. And then the Bible says specifically in verse 31 that after God had created everything, he said that it was very good. Right? It was very, it was very good. Now, the goodness of our character's creator is revealed in the things that he has created. Does that make sense? Are you with me? Right? The goodness of our creator uh, is revealed in the things that he has created. So what do I mean by that? Well, there are several passages that I want to look at that talks about the goodness of God. And we're focusing now on the goodness of the one who sowed the seed, all right? The Bible says in, in, in Exodus chapter 34 and verse 6, And the Lord passed before him, speaking to Moses, passed before Moses, and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering, and abounding in what? Abounding in what? And abounding in goodness and truth. Not only that, but the Bible says in Psalm 100, for the Lord is what? The Lord is good and his love endures how long? His faithfulness continues through all generations. The Bible goes on to say in Psalm 25, verse 6 and 7, Remember, Lord, this is David, remember, Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are from of old. God has always been and always will be a good God, a loving God, a merciful God. He says, do not remember the sins of my what? And my rebellious ways, according to your love, remember me, for you, Lord, are what everybody? For you are good, right? For you are, you are good. Now, 1 John 4 says this, 4, verse 16 says this, that God is what? 
That is the very basis of his goodness. God is God is good because God is love. His very nature is love. All he knows is love. All he knows is goodness. So everything that we just read about about the character of God is reflection of the love of God. If you're still with me, say yes. All right. So now let's keep going. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. All the good things God created are an expression are of the goodness of his what? Of his character. So everything that God has, everything that God has created, everything that we see uh, in our world today, uh, everything that we see in Genesis chapter one and, and things that we cannot even see. We cannot see angels, uh, that worlds that we have not visited, that's places that we've not been. Those things are yet still an expression of God's goodness and expression of God's character. OK, so now. Another expression of God's goodness and love is revealed not just in his creation, but in how he governs his creation. All right. What do we mean by that? That's a question. What do we mean by that? How he sets things to work. What else? Okay, let me, let, me, let, me, let me put it this way. Uh, so let's say, let's say that, um, you know, when, when, a, when a country establishes itself, it has to have a way to govern the things that it established. When, it, when someone starts a business, someone comes up with a creative, wonderful idea, I want to start this business, this business. Well, in order for this business to operate and function well, what, has, what, what do they have to have in place? They have to have rules in place, all right? And these rules are often uh, based on, or these rules have, have something else attached to them that are kind of uh, built within the laws themselves. Systems, okay, you have systems. Uh, and, and again, these systems and these laws have ingrained within them principles, right? They have principles ingrained in them. And when it comes to God's government, God's government has principles that it operates out of. All right. And those principles are, are, are based on his law. All right. Those principles are based on his what? Are based on his law. What kind of governor is God? God is a compassionate governor. What do we mean by that? The Bible says again that the Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. The Lord is faithful to all his promises and loving toward all he has made. So again, we see that, that, that God's government is based off of compassion. I think America, I think every country would be a loving place if their laws was based off of compassion. And it's not just the laws, but it's how the laws are executed, right? And if those laws were based off of, off of compassion, then we, we live in a much better society, I believe. But, but, but furthermore, furthermore, uh, Ellen White says in Patriots and Prophets, page 34, that the law of love, listen to me carefully, the law of love being the foundation of the government of God, the happiness of... Of all intelligent beings depends upon their perfect accord with its great principles of righteousness. So God governs his, his creation based on the law of what? The law of love. Oftentimes we look at the law of God or we look at the commandments of God as something that is too restrictive, too rigid, 
can't do this, or, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the Ten Commandments are often viewed as the, uh, the Ten Can'ts, right? I can't do this, I can't do that, I can't do this, I can't do that. Well, everything that God does is based off of his love, based off of his goodness, and is an expression of his character. Therefore, the, 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 the commandments, every, everything that God has commanded in his word is based off of the principle of love. Who says amen to that? God desires, now watch this, God desires from all his creatures the service of love, service that springs from an appreciation of his character. An appreciation of his character. And in order to fully appreciate his character, we must fully experience his love. Without, without, without experiencing the love of God, the commandments of God or the law of God looks like something that is burdensome. It looks like something that is just hard. It looks like something that is too restrictive. It looks like something that is impossible to be kept. But it's only when we experience the God of love can we appreciate the law of God. Does that make sense? All right, let's keep going. Romans 7, 12 says, not only is the character of God good, but it also uh, helps us see that the law of God is holy and the commandment is holy and righteous and good. So God is good. His law is good. All right. Now, Patriots and Prophet says this about the law of God uh, in page page. 52, it says that the law of God is as sacred as God himself. That's powerful. It is a revelation of his will, a transcript of his character, the expression of divine love and wisdom. The harmony of creation depends upon the perfect conformity of all beings, of everything animate and inanimate to the law of the creator. So the law of God is holy. The law of God is good. The law of God is perfect. And, and, and our happiness, our joy, the, 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 uh, the happiness of the universe all depends upon our strict obedience to the law of God. So when we find things not going well in our life, oftentimes we, I, I would encourage us to reflect on where we are in terms of obeying God's laws. And I'm not just speaking of the Ten Commandments because, again, you know, when, when, when the Bible talks about the law of God, we know the Ten Commandments is like a, the great, a great summary. And then Jesus even summarized it even more by saying, love God, love people. Right. So so when we talk about those two things, when we talk about how 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 am I measuring up to the law of God? Am I loving people the way that God wants me to love people? Am I loving God the way that God wants me to love him? And if I am. Then, or, or if I am not, then I'm probably dealing with some of the consequences of that. And that's why things may not be going as well in my life as I would desire them to. All right. I got a, a question. Uh, I'm just wondering on the status of the microphone. Any, 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 any word on that yet? The, the, the cordless mic. OK, it's not working yet. OK. All right. So. Uh, Let's keep going. So just a quick review, okay? A quick review, and um, we're going we're gonna to keep on going, all right? First of all, we saw that, we see that God is what, everybody? 
God is good. And God is good because God is what? God, everything God created was, God, God governs his creation by his, and God's law is, everybody agree with that? Say amen. amen. All right, so God is good. He's good because he's love. He's, his creation is governed by his law, and God's law is good. And when we begin to understand this, then we have a deeper appreciation for this passage of scripture right here. Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Now, I, as, I, as I've you know, read this passage, I've come to learn uh, and I've come to appreciate uh, this passage a whole lot more than when I first gave my life to Jesus. All right, and I say that because, you know, the text says, and we know that in all things, God does what? He worked for the good of those who love him. Now, question. Does God work, does God not work for the good of those who does not love him? That's the question. Because they, they wouldn't be alive. So he still does. It rains on the just and the unjust. All right. So God, God, God is working. God is working for the good of everyone, uh, 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 especially those who are called according to this person. Because again, when we are living our lives and operating our lives based off of what his word says, which is the things that he has commanded, when we're living our lives based off of that, then he's able to work things out. Uh, or he, he, he begins to work things in our favor, right? Out of see, seeing our obedience. He just when you come to God, when you start living for Jesus, he works things out on your behalf. Come on, say amen. amen. And it's different from the person who is in the world and living their life any kind of way. Right. He works things out for his children. He showed favor to, 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 to Joseph. That's why Joseph ended up being the second highest in command in Egypt. Why? Because Joseph was his chosen one. He was called according to his purpose. He was God's man. He was God's son. He was God's child. And so God is able to work on our behalf when we are living according to his laws and obedient to his word. Now, as I read this text, I still tell people, to, I tell people today that, you know, because I understand now that God works together for good, God, that God works uh, for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And it particularly says in all things, in every situation. Every circumstance, every bad thing that happened, every terrible thing that happened, you found out that you had cancer or somebody in your family has cancer or some issue took place in your life. Whatever it is, the Bible says that God works. God knows how to work it out. So I tell people all the time, I say, look, I, I say, look, the best thing that ever happened in my life was my house burning down. That was like the greatest moment that ever happened in my life, my house burned down. Picture of my house right here. 
November 7, November 7. This happened about, this happened about uh, uh, what, 1997, happened about 13, 14, uh, some odd years ago, right? That was the best thing that ever happened to me, okay? A part of the reason why it's the best thing that ever happened in my life is because the conditions in which, we're talking about the goodness of God, the conditions in which uh, my house, when I was living, all right? I was born and raised in a city called Mobile, Alabama. It's on the Gulf Coast, the bottom of Alabama. I grew up in the ghetto. I grew up in poverty. All right. I grew up and in, in this house that, that we were living in. There was no lights, no electricity for about seven or eight months. There was no hot water, hot gas for about two years. Right. Come home. There are rats and roaches all. You know, sometimes you wake up in the morning to fix your late night snack and, you know, you turn the lights on and, and, and the rats and the roaches looking at you like, you know, what you doing here? You know, they're trying to, you know, they, the same sandwich that I'm going to make, they're eating it. Right? I'm talking about the goodness of God and how he works all things for those, not only those he loves, but those who don't even know him. So I'm, I'm, I tell people all the time that the, one of the best things that ever happened in my life was the night my house burned down, November 7, 1997. It was about 2 o'clock in the morning, and my younger brother came knocking on the door saying, Taurus, Taurus, wake up. The house is on fire. Wake up. The house is on fire. It's cold outside. I jump up, and I throw on what I could. I have a little T-shirt and some socks. I run outside, and we're sitting over there, and we're watching our house burn in flames. I'm talking about the goodness of God, folks. So, 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 so I'm, 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 I'm happy and I'm blessed that my house burned down because not only were the living conditions bad, not only did I have to go to school uh, weeks after weeks without having to take a shower, not only did I have to travel to my grandmother's house just to get a, a fresh bath to, so I can go to school for at least a week straight having taken a bath, not just because of the issues that were going on in my house, but, but you see, uh, uh, the lifestyle that I was living, the lifestyle that I was living to cover up the issues that were taking place in my life, I was a lost person. I didn't know God. I didn't have the privilege of growing up in church. I didn't have the privilege of coming to a GYC. I didn't know anything about a GYC. I didn't know anything about a seven-day Adventist. I didn't know a thing about the Bible. I had no clue that God had a purpose and plan for my life. And some of you are sitting right here today, you came to the GYC for the first time, you don't have an idea as to what God is doing in your life, but I stopped by to tell you today, look, the very fact that you are here right now is a part of God trying to show you his plan for your life. Amen. The very fact that you are here right now and you resisted, trust me, I, I, I know without a shadow of a doubt that, 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 that you had to say no to some things in order to be here. The great controversy was working in your life in order to get you here. The enemy was doing everything that he could to distract you from getting to this place. I'm talking about the goodness of God. How do I know that God is good? I know that God is good because the lifestyle that I was living, I was, I was, I was, I was what the Bible calls spiritually dead. I partied all the time. I first started smoking marijuana when I was 12 years old. And from 12 to 19 years old, I was smoking, I was drinking, I was partying, I was clubbing, I was robbing people, I was stealing from people, I was breaking into houses, I was breaking into schools, I was doing everything under the sun. I had no idea about the goodness of God, about the plans of God, or about the purposes that he had for my life. Not only did I run, run with the wrong crowd, but I was the wrong crowd. I influenced people to do things that they wouldn't have done on their own. 
I live the kind of lifestyle that the Bible condemns. We talk about the kingdom of God. Uh, 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 we, we talk about, about the good seed being the, those who belong to the kingdom of God. I was the tares. I wasn't in the church, though, but I was a tear. I was tearing people away from the church. Tearing people away from what God had, for, for the plans that God had for their lives. And so, 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 so the reason I say, the reason I say that, that I'm so glad that my house burned down was because when my house burned down, God, God moved on the heart of a seven-day Adventist Christian family who came and said, look, you guys can live with us. Y'all didn't hear what I just said. I wish I had church up in here. There was some folk, there was some people who said, look, you guys can come and live with us. So we moved in with this family now. We moved in with this family, and, and, and they eating veggie links. <laughs> they, 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 got, they got this milk. They, it, it's white, right? It's creamy, but, it, 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 but it's not milk. And they got this, you know, this yellow stuff in a nice little package, and it says, it says cheese on it, but man, it's not the kind of cheese I've been used to eat. Not, 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 on, not only that, not only that, not only that, but, 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 but they go to church. They go to church, and, 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 and they're not cursing each other out. The mother and father, they're not fighting. The, 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 the father in the home, he not beating on the wife. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is totally, this is a contrast to, to, to where I came from. They talking about happy Sabbath. What in the world? I thought today was Saturday. My lifestyle, I, you know, on Saturday mornings, we, you know, we, 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 Friday night, first of all, Friday night, we go to the club. That's just what, where I'm from, that's just what you did. You just go to the club on Friday night. You don't go to no Vesper service, right? <laughs> Saturday morning, you wake up and you play football. You go to football games. You watch college football. That's what you do. But they're going to church. They're worshiping. They're having family worship. They're praying. They're reading the Bible. And I'm seeing something totally different than what I grew up watching. What I grew up around. I'm talking about the goodness of God. The Bible says we know that in all things God works together for good. Not just for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. But even those who don't even have a clue of who he is. But they've been called. You, can, you, can, you cannot have a clue. I'm a living witness. You cannot have a clue of who God is and still be called. That just went right over your head. Let me. It went over your head. I'm going to grab it and let me bring it back to you right here. You can be, you can be, you can be, listen to me very carefully. You cannot even know God and be called. I'm a little witch. I told y'all, that's all people in that behind that thing. They're going to be mad at me. Oh, man. Look, I, I can't go back to that. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. It doesn't record. Oh, they're killing me, y'all. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. I, I, I'm, I, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. So listen, 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 listen. So my house burned down, and these folk come, and, and, and they say, you guys can live with us. We lived with them for about two and a half years. And while we were living with them, while we were living with them, I have a younger brother. I got two younger brothers, and my mom, we lived with them. While we were living with them, my, my, my younger brother made the decision that he was going to give his life to Jesus. Amen. He was 15 years old at the time. I was 17. He said he's going to give his life to Jesus. So now, now this is like, Wow. 
My same little brother who eighth grade, smoking, drinking, all that kind of stuff. You know, that's, that's the, I told you that's, that's where we came from. So now when we move out of the house with them and back into our house, my brother brought Jesus with him. And he started telling me about this lady named Ellen White. Who in the world is? He got all these books, right? He reading all these books and they just highlight everything yellow. He just like everything yellow. <laughs> Vocabulary change. Whole different person. Now, I'm still partying. I'm still doing the things that I'm doing. But my brother is like my sermon. I ain't going to church no more because we're not living with them no more. But my brother is like my sermon. My brother was being, I was watching him. And he was preaching to me. He wasn't saying a word. Are oh, you hearing what I'm saying? How was he preaching to me? One night I was coming home from the club. I'm crawling through the window. I'm high as I don't know what. I'm drunk. And I'm crawling through the window of my house. It's 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning. You got to get this. It's 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning. And my 15-year-old brother is in the living room prostrate. He praying for me. He wasn't preaching. He wasn't saying a word. But his, 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 life, his life was speaking volumes. There are people in your family who don't believe that Saturday is a Sabbath. There are people in your family who don't believe in the second coming of Jesus Christ. There are people in your family. There are people in your circle. There are people at your schools who the only sermon that they will ever see is you. What are you preaching to them? What are you preaching to them? Are you giving them the gospel? I call it the fifth gospel. You got the gospel according to Matthew, the gospel according to Mark, the gospel according to Luke, the gospel according to John. There's another gospel, and the gospel is the gospel according to you. What are you preaching? My brother was preaching to me. He wasn't saying a word, but he was speaking volumes. He was speaking loud and clear. So one day, one day, February 1st, February 1st, I graduated. I graduated from high school. I went to this junior college in Mississippi to play basketball. I'm talking about the goodness of God. This all goes back, folks, to the fact that my house burned down. I'm so glad that my house burned down because if my house burned down, I promise you, I, probably, I, I wouldn't be at GYC today. I wouldn't be the man that God has, is making me into today. I made that decision February 1st, 2001, about 9 o'clock in the morning on a Thursday morning in Perkinston, Mississippi, in my dormitory room by myself. I got off the uh, phone with my mom. Uh, we had a conversation. She wasn't necessarily preaching to me, but, but the things that she was saying made me realize, man, that my life is really messed up. The things that I'm doing, the places I'm going, people that I'm hanging with, my life is really messed up. So I began to reflect on that, and, and I fell to my knees, and I said, Lord, whatever you want to do in my life, have your way. Do as you will, God. I got up off my knees, and let me tell you, folks, I was a totally different person. I snatched all the, 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 the stuff that was on my wall. You know, stuff, guys have stuff on their walls that, all right, don't worry about that. So, so, so I'm snatching stuff down and, I, I, you know, I got the jewelry and I had braids and all this kind of stuff. I say, look, I, I'm abandoning everything that represents something where I came from. People in my dormitory room, they, they, you know, they surprised. These are the same guys who I'm, 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 I'm doing dirt with, you know, same guys I'm kicking it with or whatever. So they like, man, what happened, what, what happened to you, man? I'm, I'm, one night, I, I'll never forget this night. I'll never forget this night. I need, I need, I need to wrap this up. I'll never forget this night. I had been praying and, and reading my Bible for like 
four or five hours straight. They gave me, you know, I, 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 was ready, I was ready to get baptized. They didn't want to baptize me just yet at my church. I was ready to get baptized. They gave me all these amazing facts. Study God. I read like all of them in like one night. And, 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 and after reading them, uh, well, I opened up the Bible to Genesis. Genesis chapter 1. And the Bible says, uh, well, as I was reading, I got to the text that said, let us, let us make man. And for whatever reason, it was just kind of weird to me. Like, where, where did he get the us from? Where did he let us make man? Yeah, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't have a clue about the Trinity yet. So for whatever reason, the enemy started discouraging me. Like, what are you doing with that Bible? Why are you reading it? You can't even understand that. What happened to, what happened, what happened to all the stuff I gave you? And now you're gonna now you're gonna now you're gonna turn your back on me and, and follow God? I was so I was so scared, guys. The only thing I did was the only thing I could do, I just dropped on my knees and I just started crying out to the Lord. For like, I don't know, 45 minutes to an hour. I'm just crying out, crying out, crying out, crying out. And I get off my knees, it's like one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. And I go outside my, my step outside my dormitory room to run into the run into the restroom. And when I come out, a gentleman said, one of, you know, two guys, they were sitting there shooting crap or shooting dice. That's, you know, shooting dice or whatever, they were gambling. So one guy said, hey, uh, uh, you know, hey, T, man, come, come, get on this, come get on this dice game. I looked at him, I said, what, man, don't you know gambling is a sin? And they said, what? I said, yeah, man. And they start asking me more questions. It's just two of these, it's just two of them. They start asking me more questions. I said, yeah, man, I don't even, I don't even remember everything I told them. I just knew, I never read in the Bible, I just knew gambling was a sin, so I just said gambling was a sin. So they started asking me more questions. And from one question to another question to another question, the two guys turned to four guys. The four guys turned to eight guys. The eight guys turned to 16 guys. The 16 guys turned to about 32 guys. I'm a, I, I'm, everything that I've read for that Four or five hours of reading all of those amazing facts of the God. I start talking to him about the Sabbath, the state of the dead, the mark of the beast, the third angel's message. And I, I'm just going in on him. And, 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 and so here I, here I am now. I'm, I'm, I'm a three-day-old three Christian. <laughs> laying the word on him for two or three hours straight. And the dorm is just, the dorm is just, everybody's just sitting there like I'm just this great preacher. And I go back into my room and I, I, I just, I well up in tears. I'm like, wow, God, you are amazing. I didn't have a clue of who God was, folks. I didn't know that he had plans for my life. I didn't know what he was trying to do in my life. But I'm a living witness of the goodness of God. That his character is indeed good. That everything, that when God first created this universe, it was all good. Not a spot of sin, not a wrinkle of sin, not, no, no problems, no issues, no nothing. It was all good. God created a perfect universe. A perfect universe. And unfortunately, something happened to cause what God created as good to go bad. And we're going to learn about that in our second presentation. Thank you so much for your time. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much, Lord, for the opportunity to share your goodness. I pray and I ask that your spirit will continue to abide with us and that you will lead us and guide us, Lord, into a deeper understanding of this thing we know as the great controversy. 
I pray that the words that have come forward have encouraged someone, has challenged someone to choose every single day and every moment of that day to be on the side of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We pray this in your name. Amen. This message was recorded by Fountain View Productions for GYC. GYC, a supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, seeks to inspire and equip young people to be vibrant, Bible-based, and Christ-centered Christians. To download or purchase other resources like this, please visit us online at www.gycweb.org.